Well, we'd like to welcome all of you to Sunday service. My name is Nayaswami Anandi. This is Nayaswami Bharat. It's very wonderful to be here. And I just continually love to reflect on how Paramahansa Yogananda has drawn thousands, millions of people who really are from such diverse backgrounds and locations, united by one thing, our love for him. It, it never ceases to thrill me. So I'll be reading now from Rays of the One Light, weekly commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita written by Swami Kriyananda. This week's reading is, intuition is simple, the intellect is complex. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 10, we read a passage that Yogananda often quoted. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and for forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. It has often been noted that a critical attitude tends to paralyze creativity. Good critics, for example, seldom produce works of creative genius, though their creations may be intellectually clever. The intellect separates. It analyzes, then puts things together again, piece by piece. Intellect lacks intuition's flow, which descends smoothly like a river from the superconscious. Paramahansa Yogananda described intuition as the soul's power of knowing God. To receive the kingdom of God, Jesus was saying, one must do so with the openness and trust of a little child. Intellectuals may object to this statement, saying, but there must also be discrimination. You wouldn't want a person to be so open-minded that his brain falls out. The truth is, however, that the intellect can be fooled, even when it does its best to discriminate wisely. Only intuition is capable of penetrating to the heart of a matter and knowing truth from falsehood. It was the clear understanding of a child not the elaborately persuaded intellects of his elders that enabled the child in Hans Christian Andersen's story to cry out in surprise, why isn't the emperor wearing any clothes? Therefore it was that Sri Krishna said in the ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, to you who are free from the carping spirit, I shall now reveal wisdom sublime, grasping it with your mind and perceiving it by intuitive realization, you shall escape the evils of delusion. 
Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Good morning. I too would like to welcome you to uh, Yogananda's 100th anniversary of coming to America. Um, just the other day, I uh, commented on something that uh, I noticed all the time, and it's very thrilling, and that's how much Yogananda, our beloved guru, shines so brightly in every disciple. And you just see that for every sincere, sincere disciple. Uh, they're, it's just thrilling to just watch their lives and uh, the things that they do, the, uh, who they are. It's Yogananda's presence in all of us that um, is just absolutely amazing because it's across the board. And to have a true guru uh, that uh, is awakening all of us is, uh, well, it's the best gift in all three worlds, isn't it? I'd like to read uh, from Whispers from Eternity, a book of uh, our guru's mystical poetry. I will broadcast my voice with the choir of thy songs. With the song, with the soft finger touches of my soul intuition, I tune the radio of my inner perception. At first I caught only the sounds of nearby experience. Then came a symphony of inner harmony, followed by sweet strains from my heart's orchestra of finer feelings. Then came the swelling chorus of my age-long cravings for thee. All these I caught on the radio of my soul as I kept tuning my perception, waiting to catch the whispers of thy voice, O guardian angel of all souls. With infinite patience, I went on tuning my radio. At last, when I almost prepared to give up further trying, thy song burst upon my heart. Oh, let me broadcast through my every word now the chorus of thy songs. Some years ago, there was a, a famous uh, animal uh, psychic who visited the community, and she wrote in her book uh, about her experience uh, that she had with animals when she was five years old. And she was used to talking to all her animal friends. And uh, one was a horse. And as she was riding on the horse, uh, the, the horse was kind of sad because her human friend was going to be leaving her for a big part of the day because she was going to school. And the horse couldn't understand it. And, she, and the horse said to her, uh, well, why do you have to go to school? You're the only smart one I know. You're the only one that can talk with us. <laughs> All the other adults couldn't talk with the animals. And uh, it's, children have an openness uh, that uh, they understand life in a very profound way. They see things that, of course, adults can't. Swami Kriyananda said that uh, in discipleship, we become open to all life. He said, you could be open to a tree, but the greatest openness, gift of openness, is being open to the consciousness of the guru. One of uh, 
Sister Gyanamanta, Yogananda's most advanced woman disciple, uh, she, uh, she was ill in her later years, actually her middle years too, I think, and she wasn't able to attend a Sunday service in Los Angeles, and while Yogananda was speaking there, she heard his words. And when Yogananda came back to visit her in her room uh, after his service, uh, she shared with her guru, Yogananda, um, how she uh, especially enjoyed something that he said. And he said, you heard that, did you? And she always picked up the vibrations uh, of her guru. Well, as in the reading said, that intuition is the soul's power of knowing God. And intuition is like a mountain lake that's still and reflects perfectly the sky and the surrounding mountains. Uh, because, well, a, a saint said that intuition or any spiritual experience is simply prolonged intuition. It's just sustained soul perception of truth as it really is. All good things, Yogananda said, come from stillness. There's a, a story, uh, more on a mundane level, but an important level for the, this individual, that happened uh, during the Depression uh, in the United States uh, in the 1930s. And he lived in a small Midwest town, and uh, he, uh, there was a job offered uh, for a telegraph operator. And there weren't many jobs offered, and so uh, the room was packed. Uh, the day that they were taking applications and interviewing people. And there were about 60 men uh, uh, in the uh, room, uh, all wanting to get that job as a telephone, uh, telegraph operator. Well, people were there, and uh, people were wanting that job and kind of cover up their nervousness, uh, as often men will do. Uh, they started laughing and telling jokes and carrying on, and everybody was talking. And there was one man, though, uh, that sat by the door to the office, and he was quiet, and he didn't say a word. And he just sat there uh, uh, in the stillness. And then he heard tapping inside the room, and it was a message through Morse code. And uh, the message said, if you want this job, is it, uh, come in and ex come into the office and accept it. And so he got up, he went in the door, and he said, I would like the job. And they said, fine, uh, we'd like you to have the job. And then uh, the office manager opened the door, and he thanked all the other applicants for coming. And he said, uh, we've, uh, we've filled a position already today, uh, but thank you very much for coming. And it was that inner listening that he was able to pick up that message. Well, I was thinking about the, uh, we don't have too many people that are telegraph operators today, but it's a, 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 it's a profession of listening, isn't it? Well, the spiritual path is a profession of listening. Uh, Yogananda was once asked, uh, why did your uh, chief disciple, Rajasi Jagananda, why did he advance so quickly on the spiritual path? And Yogananda said he knew how to listen. That's why he did. And isn't uh, intuition listening? Uh, and um, 
of just receiving. You know, the, the reading talked about the carping spirit. And the carping spirit is, is someone who's always interpreting life, kind of weighing in with their uh, uh, opinions. And, um, and they're just creating a, a, a separate reality of what's going on. They're so involved with that uh, that they can't tune into the deeper reality. And that's why it's so, so important to get rid of the carping spirit. Uh, the, um, there's so many things that are involved with it. We, we just get in a point of being negative, and uh, uh, we, um, we just separate ourselves from others. And the antidote for the carping spirit of always weighing in with an opinion is love and gratitude. And there's a, a beautiful uh, story of a disciple of Yogananda, a fellow disciple, uh, when Swami uh, Kriyananda was there uh, with Yogananda. And he was a big man. And Swami came to the path uh, very intellectual. And he uh, was wanting to understand with his mind. And Yogananda said that uh, you, um, to, uh, Swami Kriyananda, you, you know, to, to, uh, to work more um, on devotion, you're, you're too mental. I think it was a very wonderful gift that Swami came with such a, a great mind because he ended up being the main spokesperson for Yogananda in, in writing all his books. Uh, and so Swami is able to uh, convey the spiritual path to us in a way that we can understand in all its nuance. So as Swami balanced his uh, more intellect uh, with his heart and devotion, it was a perfect combination. Well, I'm getting a little, that was a little ahead of the story with Brother Norman, we'll come back to him. Well, Swami would ask a, a, a philosophical question uh, that was challenging for Swamiji, uh, and, um, and uh, Brother Norman would just smile quietly and said, I don't know about any of those things. I just know that I love God. And he just let the matter rest. And Master was so touched by uh, the, the quiet uh, devotion uh, and strong devotion. Uh, of Brother Norman. And this is the, the quality. It's it said that the intellect, it needs to be purified by love and instructed by silence because um, the intellect starts to, to see another deeper reality than just its own superficial thinking. Swami Kriyananda has talked about the, the feeling quality in ourself is uh, uh, the essence of uh, self-awareness. And uh, he, he said there's two different kinds of feeling. There's a calm feeling, which is intuition, and agitated feeling, which is emotions. And uh, when we have emotions, we know that we, our feelings become biased. And uh, it said the emotions, they conceal truth. And uh, calm feeling reveals truth. And uh, with discrimination, if we have biases and we're sort of hedging our bets and we really want something to happen, let it be this, let it be this, uh, well, of course we aren't going to be able to see things clearly. Uh, but if we're just calm, we're like that mountain lake that just receives life and sees it clearly, uh, then we know what we should do. It gives us the clarity.
Well, uh, Yogananda said that we should raise the heart feelings in the heart and bring it up to the spiritual eye, to where the intellect is placed, and then go through the intellect and go beyond the intellect. But that energy of rising, the energy from the heart up to uh, the frontal lobes of the brain where the intellect uh, resides gives us clear thinking because uh, we have to have clear, pure feeling in order to have clear thinking. And so that creates a perfect balance of reason and feeling when the energy is brought to this point. But if you examine your life and all the things that you most treasure in life, uh, you'll, you'll come to discover, at least I hope you'll come to discover, that everything that you treasure lies beyond the mind. Love, joy, stillness, communion with others. Uh, all these things are beyond the mental experience. And of course, uh, we have a mind, we have a heart, we have our feelings, and they're important human faculties, but they have to be balanced. Again, uh, the intellect has to be uh, balanced by love and instructed by silence. And when that's the case, uh, then, uh, then that's when we understand things uh, intuitively on a very deep, deep level. There's a, um, let me just, uh, we, um, if we just use our physical senses, all we see is the world of matter. And we see um, separate, uh, separateness, and we just see maya, and we, uh, we're just familiar with the laws of matter. Uh, but uh, we actually have the power of seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, and smelling on our, in our astral bodies. And that's what gives us our physical powers of the senses. Well, there's an amazing story of a man who um, was a, a president of the Wilderness Society. And he was a canoe guide up in uh, northern Minnesota and in Ontario. And he, um, uh, he just loved to go out in the stillness of the lake in his canoe. Uh, and it, he just would really feel that one point. He was out in the middle of the night, and there was a moonbeam uh, on the water, and he just followed that moonbeam all the way up into the skies in his spirit and just felt himself just sort of spreading through all space. So he was a very sensitive soul. And one day he was on a ridge looking at the sun as it was pulsating, sinking uh, in, uh, in the west. And he, he got to a point of stillness where he could feel the earth rotating. And he said he felt oneness with all creation. And, it, uh, and he said that when we, um, he said that it reminded me of the admonition, uh, be still and know that I am God. And he said that when we, um, he said there's no knowing without stillness and that we, we can see with no eyes and we can hear with no ears. Uh, he was touching life on a very, very profound level, on an intuitive level uh, that, that was, lies way beyond the mind. And this is um, how we experience God. You know, each of our techniques tunes into one of our astral senses. 
uh, to see the inner light, to hear the sounds. Uh, we're hearing them on that level. And then if we go deep enough, uh, like Ohm is heard on the causal level. And so we're just getting in touch with that deeper part of ourselves that lies within us, that empowers our physical being, but it requires us going beyond that. And uh, what, what calm feeling does is it withdraws the prana, doesn't it? And uh, it brings it down into the spine, as we're taught is, uh, in, the, in the practice of Kriya Yoga, but with the, all the techniques on the path of Kriya. And uh, Yogananda said that in the beginning, we can, uh, we can only experience life vicariously uh, through the brain, because we'll have a sensation and we interpret it in the brain. Uh, but, when we, uh, but when the prana that's withdrawn in the body into the spine, it, start, it leaves the spine and our prana joins the cosmic prana all around us. And we actually, literally, uh, we start to become everything. Uh, we are everything and we know everything. And in that case, that's what true intuition is. That's what happens uh, uh, to the devotee, where they, their consciousness expands and is in everything. And how could you not know everything if you are everything? And so the, uh, this is uh, spiritual intuition. And this is uh, how that operates. There's a, a Yogananda, when he was... Uh, a young boy, he played things out as an avatar uh, to be instructive to all of us. Uh, but he was thrilled by uh, uh, Master Mahasaya, uh, who is a, a devotee of Ramakrishna. And he was just a pure soul, very childlike. And Yogananda was just thrilled just to watch him in his devotions. Uh, he was such a, a simple soul. And uh, when Yogananda first came uh, to him, uh, he said, quiet little sir, I'm talking to my divine mother. And the idea that any request that this great saint would make a divine mother, it would be answered immediately, uh, was just too much for Yogananda. <laughs> and he just pleaded uh, for the same experience because Yogananda had loved divine mother so much as a child. And he, his, his human mother uh, was... Uh, Divine Mother in form for him for a while, and then uh, he went uh, to Divine Mother in spirit. And, uh, and he just, uh, that quality though of uh, uh, Master Mahasaya, uh, he just, when he would say something, he would say, my guru told me. And uh, he just didn't know where his thoughts ended and Ramakrishna's began because it was all Ramakrishna, it was all his guru. And one day, Yogananda was at the, the railway station uh, in uh, Calcutta, and there were some uh, enthusiastic chanters uh, that were singing very off-key, <laughs> and, uh, and very mechanically and with the, uh, very loudly, they were chanting God's name, a, a chant. And it was just... Uh, I think it was a horror to Yogananda's ears for many reasons, uh, but the lack of devotion. Um, uh, and he, in his mind, he, he criticized uh, these men uh, uh, singing to God, but without feeling uh, what they were doing. And immediately, 
Master Mahashaya came walking very briskly up uh, to Yogananda, and, uh, and he said, uh, isn't uh, the, the, the chant of God's name beautiful in God's eyes uh, among uh, the wise and the not so wise? And he put his arms around uh, Yogananda, and Yogananda understood on a human level. Of course, as an avatar, he understood the principle, but he was acting it out. And it's that quality uh, that really helps us to see the good in life and to always stay in the uh, positive mind and see life as it truly is in God's perfection. Well, you know, the art of meditation is the perfect practice for helping us to develop intuition. Because what does it do? It gives us stillness, and we stop the thinking process. What happens when we watch the breath in meditation? Uh, we, uh, we have one task, don't we? That's to be aware of the sensation of the air as it enters through our nose, or maybe it's up at the point between the eyebrows, that we focused on uh, earlier in the service, and we feel that sensation, and that's our only job. And as we stay with that, what happens is, of course, there's pauses between the inhalation and exhalation, and that's when divine realities reveal themselves to us. That's what happens with the OM technique. OM, take, OM technique takes us beyond the mind. And, uh, and the breath stops with it when we go deep into om, let's heard on the causal level. Or when kriya, when breath becomes mind, and the breath stops, and the energy flows unidirectionally up to the spiritual eye, there's a stillness there. And that's when spiritual growth happens in a quickened way. You know, Yogananda said that the spiritual path is... I think the words, maybe it was, maybe it was I'm sorry, I forgot exactly who said it, but it's challenging at first and then becomes effortlessly liberating. And I was thinking how a river flows. When a river has a small amount of volume, a lot more of that volume of water is going across the bottom river of the river channel, isn't it? And it's creating more friction. And so the river can only flow so fast. But as that flow becomes stronger and stronger, as our devotion increases, as we become more still, our, our feelings become calm, uh, then that more of that current flows. And the river increases its speed because less percentage of the water is, uh, is it, uh, going along the, the rough surface of the river channel. And so it just increases its speed. And that's what happens on the spiritual path is that things accelerate and we just feel more and more the bliss and the joy of God. And that's the magnetic quality that draws the devotee closer and closer to God and inspires the devotee to offer everything that is not of God in their life, but everything you offer it up because you want more and more of that inner bliss, uh, that joy, the boundless joy of the soul. That's what you want, and that's what you're in tune with. And that's what leads us to the infant shores of our beloved mother.
Bless us all.